you are not alone. God is with you. And I want to invite you today to think about one other person in your life that you can encourage. Because very often, the place that we find God is in the face of another human being. Think of somebody that's in your family, somebody that you work with, somebody that's a friend that you can see, that you can notice, that you can name something that God is up to in them. And ask God to bring that person to your mind so that you can reach out to them. And I want to talk to you about how this sort of thing is at the heart of the story of the incarnation of Christmas, because we're journeying together and we're learning about life with God. We talked last time about how uh, the angel Gabriel came to a man named Zechariah and foretold the birth of John the Baptist. And then after that, Gabriel puts in his final appearance in the Bible and shows up with a young woman named Mary and says, Hail Mary, you are full of grace. You have found favor with God. The Lord is with you. And we might think that Mary would be thrilled at these words, but she's not. She's troubled. She's greatly troubled. Uh, when she finds out that she is going to be with child, the backstory is that her husband Joseph will know that um, he's not the father, and so uh, will assume that uh, Mary is uh, guilty of adultery. And that means, according to the Torah, that Joseph took quite seriously, she would need to be executed, stoned, or if not that, at least that he would divorce her. And we're told in the Gospel of Matthew, that's exactly initially what Joseph thinks. At the beginning, when he finds out that Mary is pregnant, until we don't know how long into the pregnancy, his plan is to divorce her. And so Mary is greatly troubled. But Gabriel says, God is at work in you. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, will overshadow you, will come back to that word, and you will give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus, and he will be great. And then Gabriel goes on to say, um, even now, Elizabeth, your relative, just so Mary can know that she's not all alone, that God has already begun this journey. Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have her uh, child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. And maybe that's the word that you tuned in today just to hear. Whatever it is that you are facing, doesn't mean that things will turn out the way that you want them to, but it means that whatever God's mission is for your life, there is no power in the world that can get in the way of it. Nothing is impossible for God. And then Mary's response, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. And that's our basic prayer today. I'm the Lord's servant. God, how can I be of assistance to you? How can I be making contributions in this world in the name of your great project? What can I do today? Now, here's what's interesting. Mary is not passive in this. She is a person of extraordinary character and courage. And uh, being surrendered to God does not mean being passive and waiting around for some divine invitation to do something. Because immediately it says, this is in Luke 1 verse 39, immediately at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. Apparently, Mary had not gotten that word to ruthlessly eliminate hurry for your life. There are times when haste and moving with speed is a good thing. And she does that right here. She goes to the town where Zechariah's home is. It's thought that that was a good three or four day journey scores of miles. Hopefully Mary had a donkey. She's pregnant. She's vulnerable. 
it was through hill country, and that means curvy roads with lots of places where bandits could hide. So it was most likely a pretty dangerous journey. She's doing this by herself when she is pregnant. She is a courageous person. Why does she want to go there? Well, it may well be that because the angel told her God is already at work in the life of Elizabeth, she thinks there'll be somebody who will believe me. And when I see Elizabeth is pregnant myself, then it will help to build my own faith. It's also very likely that she wants to be of assistance to Elizabeth. Elizabeth is six months along and Zechariah is mute. He's not able to talk. Men are often not much help when it comes to having babies. When my life wife was delivering one of our kids, the umbilical cord was wrapped around the baby's neck and the doctor had to reach in and cut it. And there's blood spurting out. And I started to get really woozy with all of that blood and mess. And the doctor literally made me sit down and put my head between my legs. Nancy finally asked the doctor, is everything going to be okay? Because it was kind of a worrisome moment. And the doctor said, yes, your son and your husband are both pinking up at the same time. So Mary wants to be of some assistance to Elizabeth. And then we're told when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, and the text there makes uh, quite a deal of this. She gives a shout. She gives a cry, not just that. She uh, exclaims with a shout, not just that. She exclaims with a loud shout. Something very significant is going on here. I mentioned that Mary was told that the Holy Spirit would overshadow her. This is loaded language. This is all loaded language. In the Old Testament, when the Ark of the Covenant was in the holiest place in the tabernacle, at the end of Exodus, we're told Moses could not even go in because the presence of the Lord overshadowed that place. God was present in such a thick way that it was palpable. We're told that uh, God said that uh, on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant, where the cherubim were, he would meet with Israel and speak to Moses there. Now, we think of cherubim as these cute little cherub things. My mom loved cherubs, and our house was filled with them. My Scandinavian grandfather was very put off by these little naked babies. He would just go around saying, whoosh, naked babies, and try to cover them up. These are not cute little cherubs. Uh, these are uh, representatives of a spiritual realm, and they were quite majestic beings. And God said, now, I'm going to be present before you there. This is the Ark of the Covenant. Um, what's very striking is in Mary's visit to Elizabeth, there are these very deliberate parallels to 2 Samuel 6 when the Ark of the Covenant is being brought to Jerusalem. Uh, we're told in that passage in 2 Samuel 6 that David arose and went with all the people uh, who were with him to Baal Judah. And then in the parallel language, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country of Judah. And we're told when the Ark of the Covenant comes, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord. And in Luke 1, Elizabeth exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women. And then David says, how is it that the Ark of the Lord can come to me? And Elizabeth says in deliberately parallel language, how can the mother of my Lord, she's the first person to confess Jesus' identity, come to me? And then in 2 Samuel 6, when the ark is coming, Michael, David's life, looks and sees him leaping and dancing for joy. She's quite contemptuous 
in uh, Luke 1, Elizabeth says, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. The same verb is used there. Um, in 2 Samuel 6, we're told the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed for three months. And then we're told in Luke 1, Mary remained in the house of Elizabeth for guess how many? Three months. And that would have brought her right up to the time of the delivery of John the Baptist. We are being told that just as the Ark of the Covenant expressed the presence of God for the people of Israel, now, 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 somehow, this little teenage girl, Mary, is in the New Testament what the Ark was in the Old Testament. She bears the presence of God. She is making it available. And Elizabeth sees what is going on in Mary and names it, blessed are you, what great joy. She names it. And at the same time, Mary sees what is going on with Elizabeth. And you might remember Zechariah is kind of useless during this. He can't say a word, but they can talk with each other. They can pray with each other. They can bless each other. And that's exactly what they do. They, they see and name for each other what God is doing. And at the end of those three months, presumably after helping Elizabeth give birth, um, uh, childbirth was quite dangerous and uh, often fatal in the ancient world. And Mary wanted to give help to her relative. And so she does. She begins by serving. I am the Lord's servant. And then she goes in a hurry to a quite dangerous place. And uh, Elizabeth's response to that is, blessed is the one who believed. Mary, you are willing to risk, you are willing to trust. They name it. It's a beautiful story. And Jesus begins to be present in them and to one another in their friendship. We've been learning and, and we'll keep doing that from Frank Lubbock, this remarkable man who was a missionary to the Philippines a hundred years ago. And he talks in his uh, letters about opening windows to God, doing this experiment to see from one moment to the next, God, how can I be available to you? And then he says, not only does he open windows to heaven in his mind, but he opens windows to uh, other people to seek to serve them. He says, I got to read this because it's just so rich. I resolved, uh, to be as wide open toward people and their need as I am toward God. Windows open outward as well as upward. Windows especially open downward where people need most. So now we have windows in our souls and we can open them up. God, how are you present right here? Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. How are you in my mind as I'm looking into this camera, speaking to and filled with gratitude and love for the people that I get to talk to. How can, how can my windows be open to you and then to other people? I was at a church just past weekend uh, called Northgate and getting to meet with a number of you who said, I'm part of the Fellowship of the Withered Hand. is so encouraging to me. Tim, my buddy and partner in this, he and um, Brittany were getting a dryer of all things and then went to somebody's house and it turns out the person they were getting the dryer from, no reason for this connection, uh, is also part of our little community together. And so they could bless each other. You can bless the people that are in your life today. Lord, I am your servant. Who can I see? Who can I encourage? Who can I bless? You never know. You never know how God will meet you as you do that. You are not alone. See you next time.
hey, thanks for joining us. To receive a text alert when new episodes are released, you can text the word BECOME to the number 855-888-0444. You can also send prayer requests there, and we would love to pray for you. To receive the emails that go along with each video, let us know at becomenew.me slash subscribe. Special thanks to Matthew Custer for the art and design for this series. See you next time.